Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, we got to talk about it because it was the highlight of our social media this week. You had a cold front come barreling through Oklahoma City yesterday. Oh my gosh, like a cold front. Like this is the first cold, cold front in a while. It is so nice out, but it was... The weird thing was I didn't notice any wind with it, really, but I was outside yesterday. The company picnic actually was yesterday, and we were out at the local theme park around here called Frontier City. It's similar to Six Flags, but um, you could see it in the sky. There was just this dark line of clouds in the sky, but there was blue sky on either side, and so I'm assuming that's the cold front. I guess I don't know for sure, but I would just assume this one line of dark clouds is going to be a cold front. And on radar, it just looked amazing. It looked like somebody took a a yellow Sharpie and just drew a sharp line right through the middle of the state. But it's nice and cool and overcast today, not humid. (laughs) Right. And, you know, it's funny. You sent me the picture that we put it out on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast. Um, It's one of my favorite games to play. You know, can you spot the cold front? Usually it's pretty easy. Yesterday's case was very easy. But you're right. When you actually get to see this in person during daylight, it's few and far between, but when you saw that, I was like, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, I wonder if you could go out and look at that. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what I was looking at. Was oh, it this, was. like really nice defined line of clouds across the sky, and I was just, I like when you can see in real life what you're looking at on radar, basically. Right. Um, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, my most, gosh, I want to say my most like in packed full like visual of that happening is I was moving home from college uh, and it was or actually I was moving switching apartments in college down in Eugene at the University of Oregon and we had an Arctic front come through and you know it had been clear and cold pretty much the entire week it was the second uh, Arctic front to come through so reinforcing and literally it was just a line of clouds blue sky on both sides maybe three or four miles wide and a mm-hmm. little bit of snow was, you know, spitting out of the clouds that were moving through. But it was the boundary front. And you could see it was the difference between cold air and much colder air. And it was really cool just to kind of have that visual impact. Like, oh, okay. So that's what that is. Right. You're almost expecting it to be blue with the triangles, but right. not quite. And so you're like, well, this is what it looks like in real life, what it is on the map. And so... Uh, yeah, that's how I felt. And it, it did. It spit out a couple of raindrops here and there over us, but way up northeast, like up into Tulsa, they actually had a couple of severe thunderstorms pop that were warned, severe thunderstorm warned. So, um, it, you know, it did what a natural cold front does in Oklahoma, spark some severe thunderstorms, but it, it just didn't hear around Oklahoma City. Which is still pretty cool. I mean, like yeah. you said, the fact that you got to see it. I remember when I was interning at KETU here in Portland, um, it was the summer and they're like, oh, we're going to have a cold front come through, and it's probably going to put down a little bit of rain. But you could look, you saw the entire band on radar, again, three or four miles wide, sunny before, cold front comes through, dumps just a little bit of precip, and immediately sunny on the back end. And you're just like, what in the world just happened? 
And to me, I think that means it's like, I don't know if that means it's super sharp change. Yeah, I think it is. Temperature. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and obviously, you know, we, you know, it's an area of low pressure that's moving through. So, yeah, there is a sharp pressure change and you have the clouds with it. You get a little precip. But, I mean, it wasn't anything like, you know, a cold front that's going to spark off severe thunderstorms. For us, it was literally just an upper level low that was coming off the Pacific and it just happened to stay intact as it moved over us. So it's just crazy that we don't know what's happening in the air above us. You know, like you just right. don't even realize the mixing and all of that that's going on above our heads. And so to see it with your eye, it's just, it's great. It's awesome. Right. Fun science experiment. If you want to try it at home, if you have a tub and you take baths or yeah, you basically have to take a bath, run the water kind of hot, then back it off a little bit you know, cooler down temperatures, you can actually feel the different temperatures of water in the tub if you don't mix it. Yeah. Just just a fun science experiment if you want to try that sometime. That's why, like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you've been running a bath, you know, you're getting it started and it's real hot. You test it with your toe. Yep. So you get a cup or something and you get cold water out of the sink and dump it in. And... It's just cold in that one spot where you just dumped it in. And yep. so you actually have to like swirl it around. Yep. You have to diffuse to the it. Temperature. And, yeah. you, you know, it's it's funny. We think of it. It's the same thing with the atmosphere, right? Air and water have kind of the same properties um, mm-hmm. on fluid. And so, yeah, it's one it's one giant ball of water, one giant ball of air. But within that, there are currents, microcurrents. Um, different layers of temperature, different layers of, you know, different properties. And it's until you actually get something fully mixed, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. So, you know, you're basically, and it takes time to mix it because it's different oh, yeah. density and all of that. And that's why, that's why it's a front. That's why it's not just air that perfectly meshes together, you know, cold air and warm air have different densities. So you, it takes time for those to mix together. So yep. that's when you get the storms that pop up. Yep. You need stuff to agitate it. That's why we say during severe season, we're waiting for the cap to break. We're waiting yeah. for that warm air or that cold air to basically, you know, erode out and that warm uplifting air can finally interact with the cold air that's there and boom, you're going to create your storms. But uh, yeah, same principle in the tub, run some hot water, put some colder water on top of it, go back to hot water. And I guarantee you, unless you do not mix it, you're going to be able to feel the different levels of temperature. Science right there in your bubble bath. Right. It's even more fun if you can uh, dye the water. So like the hot yeah. water, dye it red, get the cold water, dye it blue, and then put it in there and see what happens. Pretty awesome. See how long watch. it takes it to become purple. Oh, yeah. And it takes a long time. That's a lot of energy to basically moderate the temperature. So, hey, you know, we see this, like I said, we see the same things in the atmosphere. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. If only the atmosphere was red and blue so we could clearly see it at all times <laughs> right here's something i'm totally digress for a second i've had multiple dreams where i see the uh radar scan like going overhead <laughs> like could, actually see it like oh yeah i kid you not yeah it's a green <laughs> like we see on every tv weather promo or every you know live radar scan there are times where i've been out near where the portland radar is in my dream and i can see the beam rotating overhead and then one minute later, it comes back overhead. Is it? Does it take one minute, or is it three minutes? Uh, it depends. I'm not sure what the new the new guidelines are, but because I'm basing mine usually on TV, working in TV weather, um, I think it's every minute it makes a full circle. But yeah. So yeah, there's that. 
That's when that's when you know your level of weather nerdum has hit a new <laughs> hit a new high when you're looking at radar beams in your dreams. Like, oh, there's the Doppler scan. Oh, okay, that's what that was. <laughs> if only we could really see it, that would be crazy. That would scare people. I think it would. And I gotta find where I saw it, but I saw a stat that says the radar is only on for like ten seconds an hour. Or it's actively, like, you know, transmitting 10 seconds an hour. And then the other time is all just listening back to the to the radar, you know, beam that had been sent out. So I have to go back and look at that because to me that oh. didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I could be wrong. So Yeah, that's kind of interesting, though, that it's not just blasting, that it sends out a pulse and then it turns off and waits for it to come back. Right. So again, I never thought of that. Yeah, I'd have to go back and uh, again, radar meteorology is not my strong suit by any stretch of the imagination. I understand how Doppler radars work. I understand that you know your different levels of scan. I understand your different hydro classifications of what looks like what and dirt, debris, the whole nine. However, how that actually works, nah, not so much. It's it's complicated, definitely complicated. It is, and I will say this. So, um, this is the actually some news here on B squared. This is the last show of B squared, your weekly weather podcast, and I'm taping in the house that we've taped the last 66 episodes or 65 episodes, and I am moving to a new place next week. So, even though it won't make any bit of difference, uh, I'm having to tear apart my studio tonight. With that said. My brother-in-law and my twin sister yesterday drove up from Corvallis to get some stuff from the house that I'm living in. And on the side of the truck from U-Haul was the, hey, go out and experience. We've all seen these, right? Anytime you see a U-Haul truck, there's like some cool wacky painting on the side that's tell us to get out and about. Well, they got the Oklahoma truck yesterday. Really? Yes. So it was a thunderstorm. It was a thunderstorm research truck, which it was talking about WSR eighty eight D, which is the technical name for the Doppler radar. And so it's like, oh, Oklahoma is the center to you know where you go to study storms and here's thunderstorms, and they have you know a radar depiction of a hook echo and this really weird three D modeling of a tornado. And I was just like, yeah, shout out Oklahoma. Weather. Wow. Gotcha. That's crazy. What that what kind of sign is that? You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, it was perfect. And even my nephew was like, Hey, we got the weather truck. It's like, Yeah, cuz <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that's amazing. Is it you still have it? It's still there? Uh it's not here, but I can I'll find a picture of it. Okay, yeah, find a picture. But yeah, it was really cool. So I was like, Ah, I like this. That's awesome. It speaks to my soul. Yeah, it does. It speaks to mine too. <laughs> yeah. See, we're weather nerds, it's what happens. <laughs> We see beams and we, uh, you know, smile when we see pictures of uh, U-Haul, U-Haul trucks with, you know, Oklahoma weather radars on the side. Hey, we're dorks and we're proud. Absolutely. It's a badge we wear with honor. That's right. Well, you know, we go from cold fronts to another type of uh, breaking down things that, you know, happen this time of year. And Bonnie, it's been extremely busy in the tropics. But man, um, Hurricane Lorenzo, major Hurricane Lorenzo. Did a little bit more damage than I think most people anticipated. I know last week we talked on the show that it looked like his forecast was going to take it near the Azor Islands. And, man, those guys got battered pretty hard. That's what I saw. They got they they got pretty much wiped clean there. And that's, that's crazy that, you know, he's just out in the middle of nowhere and just happens to hit this tiny cluster of islands. Yep. Heavy winds, heavy rain, lots of storm surge. The wave heights were pretty impressive. Um 
it was a quick hitting storm, thankfully. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were in it for about 24 hours, but um, Lorenzo is now done and gone, swept out. He's beyond extra tropical. He's just now just a remnant, a remnant, remnant of a low um, that has moved up into, I want to say, Siberia now, if I looked at the map correctly. Wow. Just had to go back and watch a satellite loop and kind of track it out. But uh, impressive storm. But, Bonnie, the tropics are now incredibly quiet. So weird. Like, they were quiet, and then they got real loud, and now they're quiet again. So we were talking about this before the show. You don't think that it's over, that there's another pop coming. Yeah. My gut says that we're kind of winding down. So I guess, do we want to place bets, or how do we want to do this? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> let's do a $10 bet right now. I think we still have three, I'm going to say three more name storms to form. Okay, I'm going to say I'm going to say just two. Say two, okay. So, yeah. so we'll put three. We'll do three as the over under. Three, I say three and over. You say three and under. All right. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Clyde, the third and often unheard member of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast in the background. He's in the freaking backyard too. So there's, I guess, commotion going on, and so I have the window open. That's why. So yeah, oh, but nice. he says hi. <laughs> oh, shout out to Clyde. And apparently, you were telling me before we started taping, you bought him a costume for Halloween. Uh, yes, yeah, it's a little, um, like, t-shirt sweater. Uh, it's all black, except it's got, like, a skeleton on it. So I'll have to put it on him and take a picture. But it's perfect because he's black and white, so it'll just really look like it's his skeleton. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Shout out to the dog moms and dog dads out there that dress their children up for Halloween. <laughs> he's lucky he didn't get a pirate costume because I'm going to be a pirate, and I saw a dog pirate costume. Oh, that would have like, been you know fantastic. What? Right, but I was like, I'll just stick with a regular little sweater. That way it's not a whole big thing. Right. So, A friend of mine bought a rain jacket for her dog. And I, and it says it spells the word spoiled, like down the spine. <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. That's Clyde. I went to get breakfast this morning, and they gave him a little piece of bacon through Aww. the drive-thru window. Yeah, Aww. and I was like, wow, you're spoiled rotten. Yes, you are. How can you not love bacon? That's true. Some people don't. That's true. And I, I feel Weird. I feel sorry for you. I understand your dietary choices. Please don't get that wrong, but I do Some feel sorry. Some people prefer sausage over bacon, and I'm like, why? You know, listen, they're both great. Right? Yeah, bacon's better, but whatever. Yeah, it's all good. I still put pineapple on my pizza. Hate me if you must. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to judge you a little bit, just a little bit. It's okay. Remember, I see the Doppler beam in my dreams. <laughs> That's true. I won't judge you for that, though. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. So the tropics, you know, are, are I, I don't think we're done yet. I mean, we still have what? Technically, 24 more days until the season's over. But um, I guess there's still time, but we'll see. We'll right. see. Or sorry, till November 30th. So, yeah, we have a month and a half. We're almost two full months. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to happen, right? I mean, you know, the peak occurs September 10th, so we're a, we're a month past peak, definitely on the downside. But hey, you know, we can get storms that will form. Um, you know, we talk about Hurricane Matthew. We talk about other storms like that that form late in the season that are, you know, really impactful. So, you know, we'll see. According to this, um, I don't know where this information came from. It was just a fun slide um, from some NOAA department. For the months of October, it's usually we see two tropical storms 
one, just over one hurricane, and then a uh, combination, usually just about three. So, And then November, it's down to usually just about one. So, yes, we have passed the peak. We're on the downhill side, but we still have two months of it to go. So I still think we see three storms. I'm going to stick with my two. All right. We will find out what happens. If you guys want to get in on the contest, let us know. You can hit us up on Facebook at B Squared Weather or on Twitter at Weather Podcast. Send us uh, your thoughts. How many how many storms do you think we will get here um, from, say, October 7th, by the time most people hear this episode, uh, until the end of the season on November 30th? It's going to be interesting. That's all I'm going to say. But if you take a guess, that's a real bet. So if you lose, you better send us the money. Exactly. We will send you our Cash App and Venmo handles. Um, that, by the way, that's $10 each for Bonnie and I. So you're really pacing a $20 bet. <laughs> so think wisely before you make a bet. <laughs> yes, that is very, very true. But, man, so quiet hurricane season winding down right now. Tropics have been busy, uh, no doubt about that. Um, second chase season's kind of over. We've made that transition now into, you know, calendar fall and meteorological fall, which I did get an argument with a girlfriend of mine about that. When does fall start? I'm like, fall starts when I says it, say it does, which is September 1st, <laughs> September, October, November. I live on my life in the meteorological calendars. So that's how I determine what season we're in. Boom. Anywho. Fall colors are happening, which are always pretty, always gorgeous. Love this time of year. College football's in full swing. Next weekend, big matchup for your Oklahoma Sooners as they travel yes. down to Dallas to the State Fair to take on the University of Texas in the Red River. Shootout rivalry, big game, whatever you want to call it. Can't offend people, so we're just going to call it the Red River rivalry. Boom. That's tongue twister right there, though. Yeah, say that five times fast after you've had five beers. Shoot, after having one beers, I can't even say it. Right. So, um, Oklahoma comes in ranked high. Texas comes in ranked high. I want to say they were 6-11 in today's AP college football poll. Um, I'd have to go back and verify that, but I don't have that info in front of me. That's okay. But it's going to be a good game. My Oregon Ducks play on Friday, so that's fun. Another Pac-12 after dark edition. Um, So, yeah. College football in full swing. And, Bonnie, the NBA kicks off this week. I know. I'm excited. Um, Golden State will be here October 27th, I think, and tickets are like 30 bucks. Last oh, year, my gosh. Years prior, they were like a couple hundred. So, see what happens when Kevin Durant leaves. Golden State is nothing. Well, nothing to us anyways, because right. that was why it was expensive was because Durant would be there. But I really want to go to Thunder. Oh, uh, what am I saying? A Thunder Houston game when Houston is here. And I can't remember when they'll be here first. But yeah, you got Russell Westbrook and James Harden coming back into town. Yes. And <laughs> we all still love Westbrook. So no one's mad at him. But Harden, I think we're all still a little salty at him. Right. It's going to be very much a love-hate relationship. That's going to be an interesting game to see for sure. Yes, exactly. That's why I want to go. I think it's going to be a lot of weird emotions running high during that game. So I'm just excited to go and see that. I might have to tune in to hear my boy Matt Pinto on the Thunder Radio Network call that game. He does a good job. He does. Big fan of that guy. Big fan of that guy. Me too. Me too. Uh, And then one of my best friends is now the new voice of the Portland Trailblazers, Travis Demers. So he'll be in town. I think twice this year for you guys. Awesome. Yeah, that will be sweet. Um, Maybe I'll have to sneak on Blazer 1 and come back to Oklahoma City for a game. That would be fun. 
<laughs> yes, do it. Yeah, I'll be like, Travis, I need a seat on the team charter. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just one little guy. Just yeah. squeeze me on. No big deal. Yeah, take care of you your boy. Come here. on. <laughs> exactly. I'm very quiet. <laughs> I'll sleep the entire time, I promise. Uh, yeah, you don't even have to give me any peanuts. Like, don't even worry. Oh, no, we don't have peanuts on Blazer 1. We have much better food on Blazer 1, like steak and hamburger and chicken and fish. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that sounds pretty fancy. Right? One of my all-time favorite sports travel stories is uh, one of my brother's friends and mentors. My brother played college baseball. And so one of the guys that he knew really well and was really close with had been a major league baseball journeyman. So he had been up to the majors a couple times back down to like double and triple A and just kind of wherever in the pitching rotation the franchise needed him. And he goes, the first time I got on an airplane with the major league club, I don't have to carry my bags anymore, which was nice. But they hand you a paper bag when you get on the plane and he goes to open it up and it's like a double cheeseburger like some snacks and you know you could grab like a water or a, a beer or whatever as your beverage and, wow. he, and he's thinking okay this is cool and he goes we take off and then 15 minutes in the flight they basically come around with trash you know pick whatever up and then they put down a hot meal in front of you and he goes and this one was you know like um a steak with you know a bunch of vegetables garlic bread, the whole nine, like an absolute, like, like, uh, you know, like a five course meal. And he goes just blown away. And he was like, all right, this is great. You know, this is, this is so cool. It's like traveling major league baseball. And he goes, when we get off the plane, they hand us another brown bag. That's got another cheeseburger in it, more food, blah, 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 and all the stuff. And they're literally like, you need to make sure you eat this because it's all done to your dietary requirements that the team has set up. So please make sure you eat the food. Well, if I have to, I will. You know what I mean? You right. don't got to tell me twice. <laughs> right. But you hear that all the time. I mean, professional athletes, the first time they, you know, get to travel, you know, as a pro. And if you're a rookie, you don't necessarily understand what the process is about until it happens. But, yeah, I mean, it's like food in, food out all the time. Everything's taken care of. It was, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. If you ever get the chance, I mean, which I'm sure none of us will, but, um, you know, if you can travel with a college team or travel with a professional baseball team or any type of pro sports, you will see that they take very good play, care of their players. Okay. Well, note to self, try to sneak on right. Thunder One. I don't know if that's what they call our plane, but I'm calling it Thunder One because yeah, works. Laser One sounds cool. Yeah, it does. It does. It used to be a lot cooler when we had one of Paul Allen's private jets, but now we just fly uh we fly a chartered uh jet from Delta. Glad you're saying we. Yes, well I I'm I am an employee of the team. So That's true. I, I can say Why don't we. they take you with like on the road? Yeah, because I don't travel. <laughs> they don't Why? need they don't need backup radio producers traveling. Oh. Yeah. They hire somebody out at each arena that re that handles oh. our team. So every time that we're in like LA, it's the same guy. Every time we're in Oklahoma City, it's usually the same guy. So you kind of get to know these people. So, so you should try to convince them that you need to be that guy instead yes. of them. Agreed. Agreed. But that would mean I'd have to move to Oklahoma City, which is not a bad thing. But. Well, there you go. Make it happen. Right. Maybe I can get a job at WWLS, the sports animal. Boom. Yeah. Where you can Pinto to, needs a backup. Yeah, right where you listen to all of your Thunder action. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, one of my favorite sports moniker stations, though. 
the sports animal. How awesome is that? <laughs> right? It's pretty good. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, we've gone off the rails again. Uh, right. Talking about Thunder Basketball and the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder Radio Network. And their play-by-play guy's name is Matt Pinto. His famous calls are Cha-Ching a Thunder Moneyball. So, <laughs> that's why I love Matt. Just just for that saying. Alone. And his voice. He's just got the best he voice. Does. Like. Between, I just love listening to him. Between him and Toby Rowland calling Oklahoma games, yes, it, it doesn't it doesn't get much better than that. And I'm blessed out here because I've had some really good sportscasters. Jerry Allen is a voice of the Ducks, great guy. Iconic calls. Mike Parker, voice of Oregon State, again iconic calls. Brian Wheeler, the former voice of the Blazers, probably the best in the NBA. And I'm not just saying that because he's a friend, but because he's legitimately the best. And then we've had guys like Bill Shonley and other people that are, you know, famous broadcasters. And so I've been very spoiled with the voices that call my sports. And so, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, we identify with these people because we, you know, listen to their tones. We know how the game's going. You know, they don't have to tell the score. We just can tell. Yeah, exactly. By whatever tone and inflection they're using. Oh, yeah. and it's so crazy how they're important. You know, and the tone, like their the sound of their voice is really important. Like if they replace Matt Pinto, I just feel like it's not going to be the same. Right. And I've gone through that a couple times out here in Portland where, we, like I said, we've had iconic voices called the Portland Trailblazers. And it takes a long time for people to, you know, get acclimated get used to, to the it. new one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens. So weird. All right. Well, okay. Let's uh, let's get back on the rails because we kind of <laughs> need to. Circle back around. Right. Um, <laughs> What do you guys have coming up forecast-wise for Oklahoma? It's going to stay um, nice and cool, highs in the 70s through this week. I think we make it up to 80 by the end of the week before another strong cold front comes in next weekend, knocking us down into the 60s for a couple of days. But then after that, we'll return to 70s. So we're really just hanging around the 70s right now, and I am good with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. No. Well, out here in Oregon, it's been sunny the last two days. Today is one of those days we're going to probably get up around 70 today, which will be really nice. Clear tonight, temperatures drop down into the mid to upper 40s. Slight chance of rain comes in Monday, and then Monday night, uh, cold front blasts through. We're probably looking at anywhere between a tenth and a quarter of an inch, which is not a lot, but for the winter, you know, it starts to add up pretty quick. Um, Tuesday is a 50% chance of showers. Um, Hopefully... Hopefully it's done in the morning because that's the day when I'm moving. So I, I don't like moving in the rain. I've had to do it a couple times. It's not fun. Yeah. Uh, but then that cold front is gone and we look at sunny conditions Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then probably into Saturday as well. Temperatures up around 60 lows in the either uh, mid to upper 30s and lower 40s, but just kind of chilling in there. But not a whole lot happening, which is great. We've kind of hit our second, what I call second summer. Um, where it's just kind of clear and cold. Nice ridge of high pressure dominant out over the uh, Pacific Ocean, just sending things kind of up and over into British Columbia. Uh, not a, but other than that, not a whole lot happening, which I'm okay with. Me too. I'm just glad it's cooled off and the humidity has like moved on. That's what's been killing us. So it's been nice. I've got my windows open in the house. It's, it's nice. So Good. nice. I'm glad to hear that because that is good. You need the you need the nice fresh air. You need all that fun stuff. But man, falls here. Winter's right around the corner. I cannot wait. Right, because then after that, you know what we've got? We've got spring again. <laughs> right, chase season. It's like six, seven months away, and I'm like, ha ha, spring's on its way. Right. How you know we have a problem? 
Uh, by the way, let's see if we have it. All right. I didn't want to get into this now, but because I'm having so much fun, we're going to. Bonnie, did you see the winter storm names from the Weather Channel for this year's 2019-2020 winter season? No. Oh, Bonnie. Bonnie. Let's go over them, shall we? Yeah. All right. Aubrey, Bessie. I cannot wait for winter storm Bessie because it's going to be a picture of a cow. (laughs) We have Caleb and Dorothy, Ezekiel and then Finley, Gage, Henry, Isaiah, Jacob, Cade Lamont. Okay, let's talk about a name that has not been used in, I don't know, three decades. Lamont. (laughs) Sounds like the name of a neighborhood or something. Followed by Mabel. Oh. Because we all love Mabel. Mabel and Bessie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We've got Mabel and Bessie. We have Nash. We have Odell. We have Pearl. Quincy. Ruth. Sadie. Thatcher. Upton. Can't wait for Winterstorm Upton. There's so many good memes with that. Winter storm upped in here. Winter storm upped in here. Um, Veronica, Wyatt, Zandra, <laughs> Yates, and Zachariah. Uh, I missed everything after Upton because I was just thinking Upton here, Upton here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dead. Uh, I'm dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Veronica, Wyatt, Exand- or Zandra, Yates, and Zachariah. Zachariah, that sounds like very real. Right. Very. So winter storms are named based on either meeting or expectation to meet at least one of the following criteria. NWS winter storm, blizzard, or ice storm warning covering at least a population of 2 million. NWS winter storm, blizzard, or ice storm warning covering an area of at least 400,000 square kilometers. Now, here's my one beef. The United States, we don't use the metric system. Nobody knows how much a kilometer is. Right. So that thing needs to be changed. Yeah, I think you're right. Storms forecast to trigger NWS warnings over such large areas of population, such as last year's winter storm Grayson in the south and northeast, are typically named well ahead of time. Lake effect snowstorms are not named, and any warnings covering lake effect snow are not counted for consideration for naming a winter storm. Using Hmm. this criteria, the number of named winter storms has been consistent over the past seven seasons. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I am all about that whole list. That was a good list. Yeah. Ruth, Mabel, Nash. Yeah, Bessie, Finley, Upton here, Upton here. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) So there are the two brothers that play baseball, the Uptons, right? Mm-hmm. So they played for Atlanta together for a while, and they were both in the outfield. And so the meme was a picture of one Upton brother in the outfield, one right field, with little arrows that say Upton here, and then the other one said Upton here. I cannot. And I it, just, I can't. We have ki- to stop. And it killed uh, the internet. It was amazing. Because <laughs> I'm dead right now. That's just amazing. So those are the Winter Storm names. Um you know, regardless if you like the fact that the winter storms are named or not, and I I know there are a lot of people in our community, in our circle, that are not fans of it. Uh-huh. It doesn't have the same impact as tropical storms or tropically named storms. Um, it makes for cool graphics. It makes for cool TV content. It makes for great internet content. But at the same time, you know, 
you do it as a, as a talking point. And I'm again, we're all for warning people, especially if there are blizzards and ice storm warnings. I'm all for it. So, yeah. You know, it's gimmicky at best, but it also it's also good because it lets you know people have the conversation. I will say this: I know the National Weather Service hates it. And we've seen the discussions and the private emails that have gone out that have been leaked saying, please do not reference to this, this storm named from the people of the Weather Channel. So, hey, you know what? Hopefully that will change one day. But for the time being, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, I do understand, like, how the confusion and everything. And it's like we try, you know, like you said, tropical storms, hurricanes is where they want to keep the names. But if there is a significant winter event it might be nice to have the name to reference it later on down the line. Right. Like, remember Winter Storm Bessie? Remember how she blah, blah, blah? Like, you know, it could be helpful. So, like, I can see both sides. But, I mean, it doesn't need to be a whole big thing where it makes people mad. Right. And I know that we're going to eventually talk about, you know, climate-based paranoia and climate-based anxiety, which mm-hmm. is a real affliction. But, man... You know, if we're having to name storms during the summer and the fall and the winter, you know, you know, people generally get scared about this stuff. Yeah. They don't know how to handle it. And so, you know, on one hand, again, I see the need to maybe do what you said in a way to reference back to a winter storm that was very impactful. But I think it might be a little overdone just in terms of the fact that I know a lot of people kind of get freaked out by this stuff. So, yeah. But hey, to each their own, right? Yeah. And well, I just think like it doesn't need to be made a big deal and it doesn't need to be a whole argument online, you know? Right. And if, if certain organizations choose to not use those names and say, hey, you know, when talking about this winter event, don't use. Don't reference the name, then that's fine. But it doesn't have to be a whole issue, you know. Right. Well, we had basic storm Karen, and now I'm looking for winter storm Bessie. That's my one. That's the one I'm really looking forward to the most. I think I'm looking forward to Upton, but I don't know if we'll get there. But <laughs> You know what? If we do, we'll be Upton here, Upton here. <laughs> you best believe that meme will be made on a daily and minute-by-minute basis. For real, for oh, real, yeah. it will. Oh, it, it you have you have no idea how ready I am for that. <laughs> oh, I know, I'm ready too. Cannot wait! It's gonna be awesome, Bonnie. Another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon, and I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next. Upton here. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>